Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I've asked you to turn to John 10.10. Let's look at it. This will introduce you to how we're supposed to do life. John 10.10, the thief, Satan, notice his goal. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But then Jesus speaks. I have come that they, those that follow me, might have life and have it to the full. In fact, one of the translations says that you might have life spilling out of every pore. One of the things easy to forget when living life day to day is that we're in a war and there are only two teams. Jesus reminds us of that fact and contrasts the goals of the two team leaders. If what Jesus says about Satan is true, it's easy to understand the temptation to do things that help us keep from thinking about our lives. Pastor Mark is teaching the truth that the world's life, partying, losing yourself and money or sex or Whatever else, as long as it's not Jesus, ultimately makes us miserable. We need to understand that life with Christ will give us the fulfillment we seek. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 1 of his message, The Joy of Following Jesus Every Day. Let us hear your If you're going to study with us today, we'd love for you to do that. You need a Bible. Now, let me give you a clue. If you're in a row of 12 people and one has a Bible, that is not going to do it. You don't have that long a neck. So get your Bible for every two or three people. Every two or three people just rate. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't know where to turn. We will help you. Relax. Just get your hand up. And they'll get you in a moment. Just keep them up. You can turn to the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 10 to start. And then later we'll be in uh, Philippians and then back to the book of Acts. So we'll help you as we go through. We'll help you as we go through. John chapter 10. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Anybody else? You didn't get one? Just raise your hand. We'll get one right to you. I'm going to take you down memory lane just a little. For some of you, it's not so memory. It's pretty current. Happy hour. Now, you don't have to tell me if it was current like Friday night or something. But how many of you remember before you became a Christian? How many remember happy hour? Let me see your hand. Be honest. Very good. Happy hour. It's like an oxymoron, really. Am I right? I mean, it's one of the greatest deceptions Satan ever had, ever. I mean, can you imagine this? People go for a few hours, they have a drink, they gamble, they take drugs, they smoke some pot, they may have some sex with somebody, they have no idea who they are. Then they get up in the morning, man, that was a happy hour. 
They have less money. They don't even know who drove them home maybe the night before. The disastrous thing is there's pregnancy. There's amazing sexual transmitted diseases. But it's happy hour. Well, that's just like Satan. You see, Satan in the Bible is called the great deceiver. And Satan has convinced our world that his kingdom is all about fun and laughter and freedom and joy. But the kingdom of God, church, Christians, serving God, not just in church, well, that's really a life of boredom, doom, gloom, and there's nothing really exciting about it. Now, actually, Satan doesn't have to work too hard with that picture. You know why? Look at yourself. (laughs) Sometimes we forget we're serving God. And so today we're going to begin an interesting series about joy. About what it means to live every day in the kingdom of God. Matthew eleven nineteen, the Phillips translation says, The Son of Man came enjoying life. Yeah, that's really what it's all about. You see, the world is looking, everybody is, for real happiness. But they're looking in the wrong places. I've asked you to turn to John 10, 10. Let's look at it. This will introduce you to how we're supposed to do life. John 10, 10, the thief, Satan, notice his goal. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But then Jesus speaks. I have come that they, those that follow me, might have life and have it to the full. In fact, one of the translations says that you might have life spilling out of every pore. So we're going to discover as we go through this book of Philippians, this book about joy, that real life and real joy are not found in circumstances, but they're found in a person. It is definitely not found in religion, but real life is found in a person. First thing I want you to write is this, joy is based on a personal relationship with Jesus. For those of you that have not yet turned your life over to God, you will not understand joy. We're going to tell you the difference between joy and happiness in a moment. But it does not come from religion. The Jewish people of all people in Jesus' day were miserable because of the law. They had so many restrictions, they couldn't even move and enjoy life. Well, what is the difference between joy and happiness? I'll give you this, and it'll be easy for you to transfer when we move here in a moment to the book of Philippians. Write this definition down, happiness. Happiness depends on the circumstances of life. In other words, up and down. The circumstances of life change like the wind. This week... Even this weekend, those of you guys and gals that are NFL fans, you've watched the draft. 
You had all this anticipation. Your team was going to get whatever and boom, boom, boom. And now you look at it and go, oh, man, why did they pick that idiot? So you're really excited and now you're bummed. Or you were bummed and went, wow, look who we got. That's terrific. Think of all those people and all the professionals, all the forecasters that Tim T-Ball will never make it. He'll never go in the first round. God goes, watch it. In case you don't know, Tim Tebow went in the first round. For a full-on believer in Jesus Christ. April 15th. Happiness and joy. (laughs) You already been there. You walk in, the tax account says, I finished it. Oh, I know I'm getting a refund this year. You owe a thousand bucks. See, it's all about circumstances. And it goes like this in our life. Second... What is joy? Write this down. Joy doesn't depend on circumstances. Joy depends on God. Joy depends on God. Now, I want you to turn to the book of Philippians, if you will. Philippians. It's back a few books from where you are. Back a few books. You'll see it. Just keep going. General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. (laughs) Helps you remember. Philippians, chapter 1. That's where we're going to be. That's where we're going to be over the next four, five, six months as we go through this amazing and beautiful letter that has great application for you. Now, as you've gotten there, let me ask you to write down a definition of joy. It's going to take you a little bit. It's okay. It'll take you a little bit, and then probably transfer it into your Bible at home. We don't have time to do it now. Here's a definition of joy. Joy is a deep, settled confidence that God, notice joy depends on God, so God has to be in the definition, that God is in control of every aspect of our lives. Joy is the deep, settled confidence. It's a confidence. I'm okay. Why? Because my confidence is based on the unchanging, the all-powerful God. And that he is involved in my life. He is in control of every aspect, every detail of my life. Doesn't matter about the circumstances. It's going to be okay. So there is a big difference between happiness and joy. But... We don't want to get weird with this. We don't want to be a Christian who really doesn't ever talk about happiness. I like to be happy. Do you like to be happy? I like to laugh. In fact, the Bible has lots to say. We'll talk about that as we go through this. The Bible has a lot to say about laugh. About laughter. How good it is for all of us. So... We will take a lot of time as we go through this series, not just to talk about joy, which is a settled confidence, doesn't matter what's happening, how difficult things are, but we can still laugh. Speaking about that, Chuck Swindoll tells a great story, true story, about a lady who, uh, she wrote a letter to Chuck Swindoll, and he read it just like I'm going to do to you. She says, humor has been a very big part of my spiritual life. She said, how could humor not be when I started raising 12 children at the age of 32? How could you not have a sense of humor? You can think about that as parents. And she says this, Chuck, 
I, I got married at age 31. And I met with some friends and we began talking about how did that work out? How did you feel? And she said, I just left my future in God's hands. But I must tell you that what I did was I prayed. And here's how I prayed. Every night while she was single, I, I put a, a pair of men's pants on the bed. And I knelt down in front of those men's pants and prayed this prayer. Father in heaven, hear my prayer. And grant it if you can. I've hung a pair of trousers here. Please fill them with a man. <laughs> Praise God. For you singles, just email me. I'll send you the prayer. I'll send you the prayer. You can go right down. Hey, whoa, great thought. We have a rummage sale this week. There'll be pairs of pants out there. I'll bless them. I'll go out and bless them. No, I won't. Just get you a pair of pants. Now, did you notice what you just did the last couple moments? For some of you ladies, you broke makeup for the first time in a week. It cracked. For some of you men sitting with your wife, it's the first time you've laughed in a month. Amen. Well, that's not the end of the story. Pastor Chuck Swindoll read the story just like this. And, it's a, and he finished. He looked down and there, over in this row over here was a father and a teenage son. And he knows the, the dad is really into it, but the son was kind of distracted. Didn't pay attention. Three weeks later, he gets this. What happened is the mother of the teenage son and the wife didn't come to the service. And she writes this. Dear Chuck. I'm wondering if I should be worried about something. It has to do with my teenage son. For the last two weeks, I've noticed that before our son turns the light out and goes to bed at night, he hangs a woman's bikini on the foot of his bed. <laughs> and she says this, should I be concerned at all about this? She didn't hear the story. What is this weird kid doing? So, young men... I don't know how many bikinis will be at the rummage sale, but get you a bikini, put it on the bedpost, and begin praying for a godly wife. <laughs> Laughter. Is it okay to laugh in church? Yes. Somebody say, Pastor Mark, it's too holy to laugh. No, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. Laughter should be part of our life. But even more than that, Joy has to be the underlying emotion that we have. Well, in Philippians, we begin in verse, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Next week, we'll talk about what does it mean to be a saint, just in case you happen to miss next week. There are, every follower of Christ is a saint. There's no special people ever. Everybody is a saint. And Christ Jesus, together with the overseers and the deacons, we'll talk a little bit about church government next week, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the book of Philippians was really a letter, like the epistles are in the Bible. And letters were written by God through the Holy Spirit, through individuals. Paul wrote most of the letters in the New Testament. They were written to a church, we might say the church at Calvary Chapel. 
If we were living in those days, we might have had a letter to us at West Melbourne or, or Sebastian or Orlando Vieira. And the letter would address situations and things that were happening at the church that either were encouraging or maybe a little correction. Really, most of this letter is, thank you, good job, terrific, unlike some of the other letters. Now, it was written in about 62 A.D., about 30 years after Jesus died, somewhere in that area. Written by the Apostle Paul, and the town of Philippi was in Greece, you know, the nation that just went bankrupt this week. That was where Philippi is. The writer is the Apostle Paul. And the thing that's very strange is, where is he writing this letter from? From prison. In a horrible jail. And yet, it's a book about joy. Let me ask you a question as Paul is there. Look at these two statements. Tell me which one of these statements biblically makes sense. Statement number one. Paul says, I'm very happy here in prison. Statement number two. Paul says, I am joyful and contented here in prison. Now, how many think number one is the right answer? Anybody think number one is the right answer? How many think number two is the right answer? Good. How many aren't even thinking? Raise your hand now. You were, that's right. I saw you. I saw you. There, there, there. That's, I saw you. Good. Get with it, would you? Well, obviously, number two is it. Can you see Paul saying, man, I'm ecstatic. I'm in jail. This is great. No. He's joyful and he's contented. That's a huge word that we'll get to as we move through Philippians. So that's the understanding. This book of joy, this is a life that I want to learn. I want to learn regardless of the circumstances. By the way, I haven't arrived yet. Really, Paul never arrived. I want to learn regardless of the circumstances in my life. And this weekend, I've been watching people come in. I'm thinking all the circumstances that are involved in your lives. This weekend on our campus, we'll have more than 8,000 people. Eight or nine, whatever, ten, who knows. Can you imagine the circumstances that you guys are facing? Let alone the ones I'm facing? And yet God wants us to be joyful and contented in those. I want to learn that. Now, as you read this book, and I'd encourage you to do it. It's very short, very short. You can You can read it in 15 minutes. And we're going to be in it for a few months. So just read it from top to bottom. Just think about it. As you read it, you'll understand that Paul, as he's writing this, it's an uplifting, encouraging book. Even though he's in jail, it's positive. It's joyful. He's right in the middle of those circumstances, but it's okay. As you see it happening, Paul is not bitter. He's not complaining. And most of all, you don't see this in the letter. Man, I'm having to write this letter. God put me in jail. Yeah, miserable. I'm only thinking about me. What a miserable. Who'd want to read that? No, it's uplifting. That word, uplifting or joy, well, it reminds me of one of our five core principles at this fellowship. It's called celebrate. That's what a Christian should do. We should celebrate and live the fulfilling lifestyle. It means to make merry, to have fun, to party, to enjoy. Versus the opposite, grieve, moan, sorrow, wail, regret, be bitter. 
It's a quality of lifestyle that we want. That should be normal for the Christian. Contagious, outrageous joy. Now I want you to do something for me. In a moment, I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to say the word celebrate the way it should be said. I don't even have to give you a clue. But when you say it, you should notify your face as well. (laughs) Show your teeth a little. On the count of three, turn to a neighbor and you say celebrate. Out loud, out loud, with how you think it should sound, with your face. Celebrate, 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 celebrate. Hallelujah. That's twice you've laughed. In a month. Now I'm joking, but maybe not really. You see, if the world would see that, we wouldn't have room for the people. Now sometimes we can't laugh. It's just joy. But the world's looking for that as well. They're trying to figure out How we do this thing called life when the circumstances of life go south on us. People are watching you. They're watching me. And that's why this book is so critical for our walk. Now, how did Paul get to this place in Greece? Well, to learn that, we have to go back to the book of Acts. So, there's actually one book away from John where you were. Go back to Acts, go to chapter 16 in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Paul is on his second missionary journey. He's taking the gospel to the world. He's been based mostly up in Asia, which is not the Asia we know, but Turkey. The capital of that area at that day was Ephesus. And he has a plan of where he's going. He's going to share the good news. He's got a great plan. But we'll begin to see that God changes Paul's plans. Look at Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Pergi and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. In other words, God said to Paul, no, I don't want you here in Turkey anymore. I don't want you in this area of Pergia and Galatia, I'm going to give you a different place to go. It's good for you to see by these maps, and then the Bible comes more alive to you. If you look over here, look at number one, way on the right-hand side. That's Antioch. That's kind of where Paul, that was the main area of the church now. Israel's below it. And Paul would begin there, and he went through Lystra and Derby too. And then see Pergia and Galatia. He's headed up that way. See Bithynia, we'll be there later. He's headed up that way. That's the road he's going to. But God says to him, no, you're not going there. Now, look all the way over at the top there. You see three Troas. He'll get a boat there. And look right up to four. Everybody see four? That's Philippi. That's where he's going. That's Europe. No Christian witness had ever been in Europe. Pastor Mark taught us today about joy, what it is according to the Bible and how it's different from happiness. We also were told about the two kingdoms that exist and how we're part of one or the other. We learned about the goals of the leaders of each of these kingdoms and their plans for us. 
we were told about the Apostle Paul's situation and his source of joy. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching the joy of following Jesus every day. We will find out more about the conditions that the Apostle Paul was writing from. We'll learn more about the source of the joy he kept referring to and how we can apply his lessons to our lives. And we'll find out more about God's plans for us and how we need to let Him mold us to become more like Jesus. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious, Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living.